You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. I knew this was, I didn't know why, but the Lord just said start with some humor this morning, and uh, I enjoy doing that. And, but there was a heaviness in here, and I feel like this is just going to be the thing that breaks it so that we can move on into the service. Um, so, you ready for some jokes? Sure. They're not good. They're just jokes. Okay? Uh, laughing at your own mistakes lengthens your life. Laughing at your wife's mistakes shortens it. Yeah. Which leads me to the next one. A study has, has been found... A study has been done, and they found that women who add a few extra pounds live longer than the men who mention it. (laughs) And then behind every husband who thinks he wears the pants is a wife who told him which pants to wear. (laughs) Right? A lot of you, I'm not there yet. I still pick out my own clothes. Thank you very much. Um, I saw a woman crying outside the mall she had just lost $200, so I gave her $40 from the $200 I found earlier. When the Lord blesses you, you must bless others. I don't know that anybody got that one. Wake up, people. Come on. That was funny. Come on. I've, uh, I've been just captivated this week by what the Lord has been doing. I've, I've just felt for the first, I've really felt it. In the last several weeks, in the just conversation that we've been having about being on this shoreline, being these people that press into breakthrough, I've felt the stirring of the presence of God in our community. I can feel Him stirring. I can feel Him moving. I can feel Him doing things and working on this community. I feel the Spirit. I feel Him in this place. I feel Him in this community. And I have loved these last four weeks. I've not wanted to move on from the teaching of these last four weeks. It's been so profound. It's not really been teaching, it's been vision. The Lord has been using His Scripture, His written Word, to highlight vision of where we were, this future, this impossible future, this uncertain future that we've been facing as individuals and as a church body that we've been facing. And it has been so profound to study Exodus and to just see so clearly articulated where we currently are written in this book from so many years ago describing in perfect clarity where we find ourselves as a church, where I found myself as an individual. This has been life-giving for me. It's broken uh, me out of so much bondage of just heaviness and weariness uh, and doubt and fear. Um, (coughs) Excuse me. We've been talking about answering this question of how do we face our future knowing that it's it's an impossible future, it's an uncertain future. How do we face it? The first thing that the Lord highlighted was you must acknowledge the spirit of fear. And you must bind it and you must move through it. You must move over it. You must step over it. The spirit of fear is not something that can simply just be ignored. It must be acknowledged. It must be bound. And it must be walked through, walked over. The next thing of how we anticipate or how we uh, face our future is anticipating the intervention of God. All we have to do is be silent. I love this Exodus uh, 14, 14 of just the Lord will fight for you. You have only be silent. And the Lord programs this moment, this moment of a stop 
that we've discussed. When you come to this the shoreline and there's no more steps for you to take, you're, you're where the path ends. And if you turn around, you turn back to bondage. So you've come to this shoreline where the Lord has led you. And he places this stop, this very natural stop where we have to stop because the path has ended. And all we have to do in that place is be silent as the Lord shows and makes a way where there was no way. He creates a path where there was no path. And then stepping into obedience and action, recognizing that if I desire breakthrough, if I desire miracles to break out, and I desire not just breakthrough for my own life, but breakthrough for the community and the people that surround me, I have to position myself for that breakthrough. If you stand still, you will die. If the Israelites did not move when they heard the army coming and the Lord said, move forward, they would have died. The Lord did not lead them there. We need to hear this. We mess this up in, in, in the church today. We just think, oh, I'm a Christian now, so I'm just everything's going to be good. The Lord's going to take care of it. But if you stay still, you will get run over by the things that the Lord is trying to prevent from running over you. You will be destroyed by the very thing the Lord is seeking to save you from if you do not move. They had to move. Obedience places us in a position where we can receive breakthrough, where we can see the miracles. It's obedience and action. It's moving forward. And all that is required is to say yes and move. Move forward. We don't need to know how. Just that he will. Amen? We don't need to know how. And we get tripped up on the how. We stop ourselves because we don't understand how God is going to do something. But let me ask you this and just propose this to you. If you could figure out how God was going to do everything, is that a God you're interested in? No, thank you. I want the God that can create a way where there was no way. I want the God that can part the sea because a man stretched out his staff. I don't want the God that's like, well, first we're going to do, we're going to build a dam, we're going to get some wood. We're going to... I can recognize that, but I can't fathom and I can't articulate how water could stand up vertically and there could be a path made where there's not supposed to be a path and I could walk through it unscathed and unharmed. How a pillar of fire could guide me by night and a cloud could cover me by day. I don't understand how that's possible, but that's the God we serve. Not a God that I can hold, but a God that holds me. Amen? A God that holds us is the God that I'm interested in. God said he will make a way where there was no way. He will not set our feet on anything but solid ground. Amen? We've got to trust him to do that. Oftentimes he says to move forward and we think just because the ground is shaking beneath us that it will still be shaking when I set my foot on it. It becomes steadfast and steady. It becomes solid because the Lord has told me to take a step. And when we take a step of obedience, he solidifies every step. He, he makes the ground under a solid because we're walking in obedience. We talked about last week doing the last thing that he gave you. And this is really where we're going to hone in today. Doing the last thing that he gave you to do. Believing, receiving, stepping into the last thing that he spoke over you. Stop hesitating. I don't believe there's anyone in here who doubts the word of God. I believe if we started reading this right now, there's not a, a person amongst us today, online or in person, that would say, ah, I don't believe that. I don't believe that to be true. I don't believe any would deny it, but many doubt, many doubt the words spoken to them and many doubt their ability to hear God. And I'm here to tell you those things are interchangeable. 
If you don't doubt this, you better not doubt him speaking to you because he spoke this. And the other thing that the Lord was telling me this week about this, about hearing God, he just said, do you teach your daughter how to hear you? Or do you just speak? And she responds. Yeah, I just speak. And she responds. But the beautiful thing about this infant baby is that she can't say anything back yet. Huh? Or ignore me, yes. She, she doesn't have those choices yet, thank God. But she just sits there in silence. And she allows me to speak and she knows my voice. So many of us doubt our ability to hear God, but it's not because God is not speaking, it's because you will not stop speaking. Just be quiet. The Lord will fight for you, you have only be silent and let him fight for you. Let God be God. And you just be his child and listen for his voice. You you have this, you are a new creation. And I believe what comes with this new creation is the ability to hear its creator. I don't believe that's something that we have to acquire one day. Can we get better at it? Yes. My little girl doesn't know when I'm being stern or not. She just knows the sound of my voice. As she grows up, she'll learn those things as her brothers have. But the Lord has given you the ability to hear him. So just allow yourself the ability to hear him. You have only be silent. Stop hesitating. You are his child and you can hear him. And this got me thinking. I don't like to bring attention to the enemy, but today it, it is necessary. Because if breakthrough is only a small step of obedience, remember, breakthrough and miraculous things are always just a small step away. It's just a small act of obedience to bring these things to be. They're, they're, th- we think and we attribute the miraculous to these massive and grand uh, uh, actions of obedience. They have to be, you have to put on a conference if you want people to be healed. No. When the Lord says pray, you pray. When the Lord says be silent, you're silent. When the Lord says pray for healing, you pray for healing. When he says to pray for the glory of the Lord to be made known to all the earth, that's what you pray for. You just walk in obedience. You operate in obedience. And breakthrough for people, breakthrough for yourself is always just one small act of obedience away. So if breakthrough is only a small step of obedience, how does the enemy shut that down? Well, he shuts that down. What did we just talk about earlier? How do you die if the Lord didn't bring you here to die, but the possibility of death is still possible? What happens? What must happen for you to die? You keep your feet firmly planted and you don't move. When the Lord says move, you stay still. And that's the, that's the trick and that's the design of the enemy by getting you to stay still and not stepping into breakthrough. But how does he do this? Well, first let's... Uh, look at and just understand, understand uh, how he attacks and really just the power that he wields. It's Ephesians 6, verse 11. We were in Sunday school over the last several weeks. We were talking about um, the body or the, the armor of God. I'm sorry. The armor of God. And as we were progressing through this, 
the Lord just highlighted this verse to me. It was so beautiful, so clear to just see the enemy and really put it in perspective. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. And that word schemes, there's so much held in that because I immediately go to the shows and the movies that we see. When you think of a character that is scheming, the word scheming, they are manipulating the power of others to accomplish the things they want. They have no power in and of themselves. They only have the ability to manipulate the power of others to do their bidding, right? So we understand that the the devil has no power over you. He has no power in the places that you go. He only can scheme your power to accomplish the things he wants. He can only manipulate you into doing his bidding. So understand that. He has no power over you. So he must manipulate those with power to accomplish his goals. Now let's look at Genesis 3. We're in the garden with Adam and Eve. Genesis 3 verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, (coughs) You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. We know that the enemy attacks through tragedy. He attacks through illness and affliction. He attacks through different circumstances in our story. But what is the most common attack? How does he begin to scheme in your story? The most common attack that he has is that he attacks through questions. Now, questions aren't bad. We serve a very secure God. He's not afraid of our questions. He encourages us to ask questions and to inquire and to dive deeper. We're we're not just supposed to always just blindly be like, okay, the Lord wants a relationship with us. This is not commanding. He is partnering with us in ministry. So it's okay to have questions. It's okay to bring those questions to God. But it's the enemy's attack to get us to ask his questions. It's to ask his questions. See, God asks questions that build up and lead to breakthrough and give life. Exodus 14 verse 15, right? Why do you cry to me? Why do you cry to me? I have already told you what to do, the Lord says. He's asking a question right now. Why are you standing still? Go. It was a question that was meant for them to press into breakthrough, to ignite a fire under them that they would step forward into where he had them going, which was to the shore that he could part the sea for them. But the enemy asked questions that lead to doubt and division. We're going to look now at uh, Luke 4. We'll be in verse 3. This is Jesus in the wilderness. Verse 3, And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And now jump down to verse 9. 
And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. I want to draw our attention very uh, specifically to something in this. Look at how the enemy calls into question the identity. Think of where Jesus has just come from. Jesus was just baptized, publicly adopted, and claimed as the Son of God. So what is the first thing that the enemy begins to attack? His identity. I want to point something out to you. The enemy will always attack what he fears in you most. If he sees that you are on the verge of breakthrough, guess where he's going to show up? In those places. If, if there's, I've, I've seen this so many times in, in counseling with couples. He fears the unity of a couple, so he attacks their relationship. He's got to keep them divided because if they are together, he's in trouble. He attacks the thing he fears the most in you, and where he sees breakthrough, he attacks. The enemy shows his cards every time. You can always tell what the enemy fears about your life, again, by seeing what he is attacking. And this is really just a great, a great thing to keep in mind. If you feel the enemy is pressing in on one area of your life, just know that's exactly where the Lord has you going. If you want confirmation, the enemy is just going to shoot himself in the foot. If you want confirmation about something, look at how the enemy is attacking. I'm going the right way. If the enemy's coming at me, I must be doing something right. When he recognizes something he fears you discovering, he attacks. Now, again, we don't look solely to the enemy to find God. That's not what we're talking about. We're not looking to the enemy to find, what the, find out what the Lord is doing in my life. But if you want another level of confirmation, you'll see how he's moving against you and you know that that's what the Lord has for you. But don't be surprised if you find the enemy waiting for you on the shore. We were meant to come to this shoreline. We were meant to come here because the Lord has a path. He will make a path where there is no path. He will part the sea over us by a simple act of obedience, something as simple as stretching out the staff. He will do the miraculous, and he will make a way where there was no way. So guess where the enemy is waiting for us? Right there on that shore. Absolutely waiting right there on that shore for us. So what is the last thing that God spoke to you? Are you asking the enemy's questions towards it? If God has spoken something over you, if God has told you to do something, if he has spoken a promise over you, if he, has, if he has brought people into your life that are speaking over you, and now you're beginning to question those things, that is designed to keep you from pressing into the breakthrough. So again, I'm asking, are you asking the enemy's questions in your story? Are you asking the enemy's questions that are designed to keep you still, or simply moving forward into obedience, releasing breakthrough? If you don't know what's next, sing and worship. Jay said it last week as we, we entered into the second half of worship. <clears throat> if you don't know, and it was, it was so cool because the Lord had given me a vision of this earlier in the service. If you don't know what's next for your story, you don't know the path, you don't know when it will be made, you don't know what it's to look like, you don't know when you're to step, you just know that you're there to press into breakthrough, you don't know what is next. Stand on the shore and praise God. The Lord showed me this so clearly. What would have happened in the Israelites, the fear that would have been quickened in them, or not the Israelites, in the, in the, the Egyptians, 
as they were charging to destroy these slaves, and all they heard was the roaring sound of them praising God. What that would have done in that moment. We, we talked about this in Sunday school uh, as well. We discredit, and we are the most uncomfortable with the two things that the Lord designed for us to be the most comfortable using in our daily life, and that is worship and prayer. How many of us would be uncomfortable if I said, Stay up, stand up and pray as the Lord gives you something to pray? We'd be like, eh, I don't know. There are people that I know to this day that I've still never heard them pray out loud once. Insecure about it. And right, we're insecure about our worship as well. Oh, I don't want to sing too loud. What if I don't sound good? And we have discredited ourselves and we have backed ourselves into a corner with the two things the Lord has given us to use each and every moment of each and every day. Our weapons. Just our go-to weapons, worship and prayer. Because through that it does more. Do you, I, was, I was thinking of this this morning as we were praising. Do we not realize that the heavenly hosts join with us in worship? And the songs that we're singing are being sung before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You may think you're the only one singing. You are so far from the only one singing. There are so many that are singing with us in heavenly places. And that does so much for the world that we find ourselves in. It affects so much change when we worship in spirit and truth. And we allow what the Lord has designed to be one of the go-to weapons for his children to be used rightly and correctly and to actually be practiced. The Lord does so much. He does more than we can see, more than we can comprehend. It's been fascinating for me. Fascinating for me to just think about how prayer and worship, if a people of God truly took hold of prayer and worship, I'm not talking about the feel-good stuff. I'm not talking about the fog machines and the lights getting dimmed and the strobe lights that give you seizures. I'm talking about real worship. David had a harp. I've never jammed with a harp, but I think I'd have a hard time as a drummer playing with a harp. But David worshipped in spirit and truth with what he had. And it was music to the Lord's ear. No one ever said that it sounded beautiful. You, you know that is never mentioned. Never mentioned that David was such a beautiful harp player. So gifted. Just said he played it. And he worshipped unto the Lord. And it blessed the Lord's heart. Never said the quality of it. That's important for us to remember. Stop discrediting yourself in worship. And stop discrediting yourself in prayer. If you have one word to pray, pray it. You are a child of God. And stop calling into question. Stop asking the enemy's questions for him. He's scheming over you to prevent you from stepping into the fullness that God has for you. And I'm telling you this, if you operate out of insecurity, you will never see the fullness of God. If your walk is based on insecurity and, well, I don't really know about this. I'm just going to kind of step into it a little. You will never see the fullness of God. That is not for you. It's because you're asking the enemy's questions. So the challenge that was 
presented to me this morning. The vision that he had was this person standing on the shore and turning and beginning to ask questions. And as they were asking questions that were not from God, they just kept turning and turning and turning. And guess what they're facing now? Bondage. They've turned from breakthrough and they're stepping towards bondage. And the Lord has just said for this morning, stop asking his questions and just step into what I have for you. If you don't understand it, that's fine. Step into it anyways. We don't know how it's going to work. I'm telling you to this day, I am, I am supposed to lead this church and I, I have no idea how it's going to work. But I know what the Lord has shown me. And the Lord continues to show me things. And that is so beautiful for me because that tells me that He's not done. He's continuing to reveal what He has for this house. So it doesn't matter how. It doesn't matter if I don't understand how it's going to work. I'm just going to step and press into breakthrough. I'm going to stop asking the enemy's questions. How are we going to do this? How can we do that? How can we do that? What is that all focused around that one word that we're not even supposed to really worry about? Just step into it and the Lord will work it out. So I'm just telling that for you. There are those here the Lord just showed me very clearly on, uh, I guess this was Monday. um, Yeah, Monday evening. The Lord just showed me very clearly that there there are some that are asking the enemy's questions. That doesn't mean you're evil. I'm not saying you worship the devil. The enemy attacks through questions. He schemes to use your power to accomplish his goals. And we've been asking his questions and they're turning us away from breakthrough. Stop asking whatever the Lord has said that is for you. Step into it and stop hesitating. And the Lord also showed me this. He wanted to remind us what it was the last thing that he said to us. And so in this moment, as, as, we, as we begin to worship again and, and uh, just praise the Lord, we're going to just have a moment where we just allow the Lord, we just we sit before him silent and we allow him to remind us what it was that he said. What was the last thing that he said to you? What was the last thing that he gave for you to do or to say or to pray or to sing? And you're going to be reminded of that in this time that you could step into it. And maybe all that the Lord has said is move forward. And all you have to do is say yes and amen. And then begin to move. Live your life. Yes and amen. Ready for whatever the Lord has next for us. So go ahead and stand with me now. Let me just pray over this time. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the word. We will not do the enemy's bidding. We will not allow him to scheme and use the power that you have anointed us with to be used against us. Father God, right now we pray. Remind us. Speak it again. What was the last thing you said to us? What was the last thing you spoke over us? Remind us with such clarity that we could stand on this solid foundation of this morning when the revelation, the fresh revelation comes and we would step into it in fullness. We would not hesitate. We would not doubt. We would not allow the enemy to manipulate the word that you spoke over us. 
clearly remember and clearly articulate what it is that you said. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we... We're going to continue in that, but just another reminder. It is so important for you to continually remind yourself of what the Lord spoke over you. What He has spoken over you. I can't encourage you to do this enough. Write it down. Have a book that you can look at or whatever you need to do to keep it in front of you whenever you need to call on it that you could remember clearly what it is that the Lord God said to you what he said to you last and what he said to you over the last several years because what happened to Eve? She was asked, did God really say? And then what did she say in response? She gave an answer that was not what God had already said. It was not really what he said. He never said anything about touching of the tree. He said, don't eat of it. They could have built a house in it if they wanted to. He just said, don't eat of it. Remember what God has said exactly how God said it. Don't change it. Don't allow it to be manipulated. Know it. Articulate it. Read it often. And move forward. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.